All right, I want you to, if you have a physical Bible, if you're a paperback Bible saved, and you got a paper Bible, and you know where the book of Psalms is, I want you to turn to Psalm 78. If you were Wednesday night online, you were all about Psalm 77. While you're turning, you can find this on the app, on your phone, whatever you have. While you are getting prepared, I will tell you this. We hope to announce in the next two to three weeks, we're gradually, we're gradually opening different things up at the, uh, the, the campus, and we want to let you know about uh, at least one or two life groups that it's going to be available and uh, Bible study, different things like that. But we are, we're doing this in stages because of uh, the enormity of everything. We're having to, to crawl before we can walk. And so uh, please keep that in mind. A week from this Wednesday night, we, are, we will only, because people will have questions, we will only uh, meet with our, our children and our students. But we're starting off there, and then maybe the next week, and we're, we're going to gradually uh, work praise team back, practice in and some life groups and maybe a, a corporate Bible study for people that's not in, in that. But uh, I need your prayers about that. And um, I want to just, I want to say today, when we prayed at 915 this morning, we had a, a, a good prayer a good meeting, and one of the things that I shared with everybody was the fact that the devil is really upset with us. He's upset with the fact that we are not just waiting on our cues from society, from the government, from, from, from anything health-related. We're, we're, we're not waiting on our cues from the world. Our cues come from the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord. By the way, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty there. That's a free Bible study right there. If, if your life and things you, you, you've been, it seems like you're constantly adapting and it doesn't feel like liberty. In fact, it feels like the opposite of that. I would, I would just present to you the Spirit of the Lord is probably not in your situation. And that's what I would look to. But today, all this weekend, and I'm not going to glorify the enemy, but all weekend, if it can break, it's broken. If it can get messed up, it's been messed up. If 15 minutes before service can, stop, can start, an entire power, power source that feeds everything upstairs, that runs everything in this church, technical, except for the sound system and the instruments can go out and go bad. I don't mean it went off. I mean it went bad. It will happen, and it did happen. So I'm telling you, he's the prince, the power of the air, and he will derail anything in a minute. And he will try to, to jerk my chain because he knows I'm all into that stuff, and... Doesn't matter how much time you spend in it all week long, literally. He can still do one thing if, if he's unopposed and he can just, 
throw you back into a whirlwind. But I made a statement a week ago or two weeks ago that if I have to preach with just lights, without a microphone and a Bible, I'm prepared to do that, folks. It's nice to stream. I'm not hung up on streaming, though. I, I, I'm hung up on Hebrews, assembling myself. I don't want to disassemble. I don't want to. I don't want to divide. I, I, I mean, I want to assemble. So, I, I don't care. And if we can take the heat, I'll stand outside and preach. I, 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 I'm not playing games with the devil anymore. But it's apparent to me that the Lord's been leading this church for well over half of this year to focus on our youth, meaning our students and our children. And this, this does not exclude anybody over 18, but rather it narrows our focus to, to zero in on those two age groups. And I don't want to get anybody worked up or distracted by what I'm saying, so I pray against that in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you that right now, still, I know that youth are all into apps and games and clicks and things and all like that. But still, at the end of the day, the youth have not been so set in their ways or allowed so much of society to influence them that their ears are dull and callous. And I'm not throwing mud on this church or any other church in existence. I'm not. I'm just telling you that the Bible says... And the, in the first and second chapter of, of Revelation, that churches are going to have issues at the last day. And churches have issues. In fact, seven churches were named. There was only one that was really uh, commended in there. All of them had problems, and the problems were their own problems that manifest and things that they allowed to happen. And so I'm telling you that while the, old, the rest of us over 18 years of age, we really need to spend the remainder of our time working out our own salvation with fear and trembling while you are doing that, and you need to start doing that. The church as a whole, our mission is going to narrow to this generation that their ears are still virgin ears to a certain extent and they will still receive, and I'm going to show you this in the Bible, by the way, they will receive from the Lord, and they will follow through for the Lord without even caring and without even questioning God. So are you with me so far? You had not tuned me out yet, have you? Because I hadn't read the Bible yet, but I'm about to. So... I want to go to the 78th chapter, as I said, of Psalm because I was in 77 on Wednesday night. And I really wanted to start talking about chapter 78. But God, would you anoint me today? Lord, I, I, I need these lips anointed, Father. I do. I need these ears to hear you right now. God, help me to block out people and their evaluations of me or this message or even their applause, Lord, or agreement. God, none of that, Lord, do I want to affect me, but only the power of the Holy Ghost and you literally just using me as an outlet and I'm nowhere to be found. And anoint all of us to hear and receive in Jesus' name. Amen. 
give ear. There we go. Give ear, O my people, to my law. We know where God's coming from. Give ear, O my people, to my law. His word, his voice, his commandments. Incline your ears. That means both of them. One don't need to be dedicated to the world, and the other one part-time tuning into God, usually when I need something. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, meaning things that have been foretold, things that's been handed down through the ages. Verse 3 says, the things of old which we have heard, and check this out, this is important, and known. And our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children. Telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Stop right there, because... Just in what I've already read to you, and you followed along with me, God has narrowed down what I need to be hearing for myself, but for my family. But God's also narrowed down what I need to be saying, what I need to be modeling, and what I need to be teaching my family, my children. His word, his laws, sayings of old that my daddy taught me, my granddaddy, my great-granddaddy, and so all the way down to Moses. I need to be doing that now. I need to be doing that tomorrow. I need to be continuing to do that. That's what I need to be known for to my family. I don't need to hide them from my children. But verse 4 says... I need to make sure that I'm telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. That's what I need to make sure my children, my grandchildren are getting, the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. Real quick, I can go current. I can go to several years ago. Joe made mention of this on a Wednesday night that when we were during the fast, fasting and praying over the nodules, which we had pictures, and we showed those of you that were here at the time, of the nodules on Angie's vocal cords. We packed the bags. We had a hotel scheduled at Bowman Gray or Winston-Salem to have them removed, and we had already, we hadn't moved in the hotel yet, but we went back for the checkup, to have one more look, which I had to insist because the surgeon said he would do that. That was on the tail end of our fast. And it was also on a Wednesday night. And I'm repeating what Joe had said. But this is something not only that we prayed about, we saw it with our eyes. We know they were there. I was there when Mark Levine ran the first tube down her nose with the camera and I saw them. I was there when the doctor in Bowman Gray ran the next one down, the surgeon. I saw him. 
But I was also there when the third doctor ran them down and they were not there. Don't tell me God didn't do it. Don't tell me God didn't do it. I saw the picture. I didn't hear a story. I didn't even hear a testimony that I pretty much believe in church. I saw it and my wife wore it and then she didn't wear it. That's what I'm supposed to be handing down to my children and the generations behind them. The wonderful works. Verse 5, Derek, I hope I'm not messing you up. We've got a bad lag on slide. You have, to, you have to count the seconds when you think I'm going to go to the next verse backwards because we have a delay. Oh, yeah, he hates the word of God, by the way, but we don't care, amen? I got a big mouth, and you're listening today. So we don't care when the slides make it and don't, and they might be on the money today. But verse 5 says, while we're telling them, we remember this. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them. The children who would be born. Beckham, Laurel Cates, the ones after them, the name of your children, the name. This is why I sent the text out because I wanted everybody at this church that had children and had grandchildren or children that were like that. I wanted them to be here today because I guarantee you, you won't hear any more truth in this that you need to be aware of and focus on right now in this time we're living in. But I said, God, we don't need but two children. We don't need but two students. We don't need but two here total. That's all we need to get them to agree, and then it's over with, honey. It's over with. But praise God, we got a lot more than that. You just don't see them right now. So we do this, verse 6 says, to the children who would be born, that they may, say this word with me, arise, y'all, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to grunt it out today. There's a lot more fire up here in this pulpit than in them green chairs. But I've put up with too much of the devil's mess today for you not to borderline go hoarse before you leave this church. So say arise with me today. Thank you. And declare them to their children that they may arise and declare them to their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. I'll read verse 8 in a minute. But I want to go and I want to talk to you about arising and declaring. I want to talk to you about this generation that I'm referring to, the generation, the children, the youth, the students, that God is referring to for our body, our church right now. I want to talk to you specifically about them today in this church. You see, this is what the word arise means. The word arise means what you think it probably does, to arise, to stand up. I like... I, I, I like it in the second form of the meaning, to arise, almost in a hostile, like I can't take it anymore. The third one, to become powerful, you see. 
and also to arise to come on to the scene. You say, I got to preach right here before we do anything. You can hold it right there. Listen, I believe God has raised this generation up that their death ears are not really death yet to, to what God, they might be death to you, and they might be death to what you've asked them to do. I get that. I've gone through all that, uh, and I've had that in my house. Everybody that's been a parent has and will have that. But I'm telling you what God is raising up and has appointed at such a time as this. This generation, I believe that this generation that he's talking about, and I don't mean all the young people everywhere. I mean this generation inside of this church and the generation that will come out of the ministry of this church. I believe God has set it in motion and ordained them to become powerful and come on to the scene right now. I believe that. And God's doing it. And God's proved it over there by the way he's made a way. This, since this ministry has been in existence since November of 97, God has never done what he's done this year since the first of this year. And you'll just, you, you will see it and know it for yourself here in about a couple of weeks. But God has made this generation, the one that you think they're no good, they're not going to amount to anything, their face is always in a phone, they're always in front of a game, they're always trying to keep up with their friends, they're always back talking, they're always being disobedient. I'm telling you, that's the generation God's raised up in this church that's about to turn this community upside down from 18 all the way down to a two-year-old, one-year-old, six weeks old. God's going to do it. So I believe this is the generation that God is raising up and they're going to become powerful and they're about to come on the scene in Scotland County. That's what the word arise means. But the word declare, he said, because they would arise and declare. It's to do what I did about Angie's testimony a while ago, to count, to recount, to recall, to count all the blessings when God again for the second week in a row, I believe, when he spared my life on Prison Camp Road in 1984 of this same month we're living. I, I, need to, I need to bring that up. I need to remind people that I flirted with death more than one time. A lot of you, you got a cat beat. You, you've survived death more than nine times. You might not even know it, but you have, and God's been good to you. And God spared you. You should have died. It should have taken you out. But God in his grace has kept you alive so you could be a part of what he's doing and about to do in one way or another. So that's what he told them to do. That they're, They've got to arise. They've got to come on to the scene. And they're about to come on to the scene. Where are they at, preacher? You, you sent the text out and nobody even came. How do you think? Listen to me. You don't walk by your sight. I'm not walking by my sight. I don't come in here and look at all the empty chairs. I come in here and I look at the promises of God and what he said. Noah worked for 120 years building a boat for rain he had never seen. But God still did in his own time what he said he would do. And God's going to do it because there's not many people, including preachers, that's not falling asleep 
or they've been lullabied, or they've taken the money, they've bought into it, or they're scared to death, or they're not in touch with God, and they have no clue what's going on. I'm telling you, not everybody's asleep, but we are awake. God's doing it. He's going to do it, and you're going to see it happen here with these youth, with this generation, because God has set them in motion, whether you see them now or not. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say this. You can, you can, you can just... Write this down if you want to. In the near future, your seat that you are sitting in may not be available to you anymore. There might be someone that's old enough to be your child or grandchild sitting in your seat. Yes. Seriously? For real? Yeah? You see, God is... I don't mean like we are desperate, but, but God knows that time is, is very scarce right now. He knows, and only God knows when he's going to tell his son to come take his bride away. Nobody, but God knows this. This is why I think God has opened up doors, financial doors, for us to do unimaginable things that we never thought we could do over there. And he's done it in unusual ways. God has confirmed. Right now, God is speaking to people inside this building and outside. At the preaching of his word, God is speaking. And what God wants every person to know is that it's not too late. We don't need to count it out. We don't need to say, well, it's over with. And I keep referring to waiting on the bus. To come by. We're not waiting on the bus to come by. God is ready for you to talk. You need to revive your testimony to your children. You need to revive what God's done. You need to talk about when he saved you. Don't talk about this frivolous stuff in the world that's not going to help anybody, church. You need to talk of the goodness of God. And you need to pass it. Well, my children's out of the house. I don't care. You need to redeem the day while you can and talk what God has done and what God is going to do. And then it will pass on. It will go on. Now, in the first, in Peter's first epistle, chapter 2, you all know this verse in here. He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Now, I don't know how good we can do this with, uh, I'm going to help the guys out today. How about that? between Caleb and David. But if I were, just, just let's just imagine for a minute, if God was going to do something in this day we're living in, and he said, well, I've got to choose the generation to do it. Well, isn't it everybody right now? No, some people think generation is 40 years not of age, but a 40-year section, and then or 70 years. You know, there's a lot of debate about that. That's not what I'm here to really focus on. But what if God, for just a minute, what if God says, you know, I know all that stuff that's been going on, 
I know all the agendas that's been going on, all the stuff that people are dealing with and going through. And so I need a generation. I need, I, I, I need a generation to, to do something. I need, I, I, need a, I need a generation. He says, well, well he says, uh, so since it's, since it's, uh, it, it's real important, you know, I can't, well, there's a, there, there's a religious generation out here right now. Uh, I can't use them. Uh, wait a minute. There is a, there's an unfaithful spirit. I mean, they're faithful sometimes. I, I, I can't use that generation. Uh, uh, well, there's also, that's well, stubborn. I sure can't use a stubborn generation. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that that I have in the world. There's even a lot of people in in my family that I've saved and I've I've redeemed them, uh, and they do things. They go to church. Uh, they pay tithes. They even talk about me sometimes, but but really. That, that generation still has a bad heart. They don't have an upright heart. They just have a bad heart. I can't use them. He said, well, and then there's, you know, that rebellious generation that's out there right now. Um, they rebel. They think the preacher's gunning for them and all that. I, I can't use, they don't understand that it's me talking and not the preacher's talking. It, it's my Bible and not his Bible. I can't use it. And then you got that lazy generation that just kind of, just don't really want to do anything, but what they, I, I can't use, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, now, that, that, there's that generation that, best in class, I like that, that's their a royal priesthood, part of a, a holy nation, in fact, this generation, they're a, a peculiar people. I, I, I think I'm going to choose this generation right here. I think I'm going to choose this generation. Uh, in, in fact, if you, if you will go back to verse 8, because I don't want nobody to think I was picking on them, that I just made the stuff up. Let's read what verse uh, 8 said together real quick. Verse 8 says, And may they not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation so there you go you got a stubborn generation you got a rebellious generation you, you, you saw uh, a generation that, that that did not set its heart aright had bad heart uh, uh, and whose spirit was not faithful to God so you had an unfaithful generation uh, I can't I can't use any of them but see this generation that has a, a heart to listen to me. In fact, if, if you looked at the chosen definition a while ago, a chosen, a chosen generation, the word chosen in that scripture means that these people have been chosen. In fact, Derek will give it to you. Chosen by God. In fact, 
they picked out. You know, you're not one of these girls. Pick me, pick me. I want to pick me. Do me, do me. Or pick me, boy. Pick me. No, no, you ain't got to do that. You ain't got to be that. But you, you are choice. You're select. You're the best of its kind in your class. That's the generation that God has picked out. That's what these youth are right now. This youth that I'm talking about, these children I'm talking about that will fill that center over there, these students that I'm referring to, they're the best in class. They're part of a royal priesthood. They're part of a holy nation. They're going to come. They're going to be a part of what God's doing. They're going to be instrumental in this church. They're going to pray and seek God while he may be found. And you know what? God's going to raise them up. He's going to bless them. He's going to anoint them. He's going to do great and mighty things that they know not of and you know God's always done this God's always picked them out he's always when he's had something special to do in the Bible uh, sometimes he didn't use the current generation because they were lazy or they were rebellious or they were religious they just did wore the clothes and all that they so he didn't use the current generation. That's why he might not use some of the current generation because they got table problems. They got everything that's on this table. All of the things that you heard me read a while ago. So, so he didn't use them. So he had to use a chosen generation that was inside of that day and that time. So like in the instance when there was a, a lion that was inside of a den and a chosen generation that had a young man by the name of Daniel living in it is the one that God chose. He didn't choose the, uh, the king. He didn't choose all the other people. He chose a little old Jewish boy and his three friends, and he threw Daniel in the lion's den. That's who he chose. And then there was another time when God says, well, this is going to require special work. Uh, there's a giant. There's all kind of, he's been blaspheming my name for 40 days. And there's all these religious people. There's all these scribes and Pharisees. And, and there's even brothers of this boy that's a lot older than him. And he's only a teenager. But I want you to go, Jesse, and get me your other son. Because he's in a different generation, you see. I need somebody to do something about the giant that's defying my name. And I want you to go get your son. Well, all he is a little shepherd boy. He's the youngest one. He's a runt. He says, go get him anyway. And that's the very one that God chose. He didn't choose anybody but a younger person in a different generation. Then there was another time when God says, you know what? I've got a special job that I need to uh, do. And I, I, I need to have my son to be able to leave his throne and go down to earth so he can save the people from their sins. He couldn't use anybody, uh, you, you know, the, the older crowd. He couldn't use them. He couldn't use the religious crowd. They, their, their ears, you know, they were already deaf. And uh, Oh, God would never do something like that. I mean, he would never do that. So what did he have to do? He had to look over in time, and he saw a little teenage virgin girl by the name of Mary. And God chose somebody out of that generation. And then, you know, God says, well, one day... Uh, there's some people that's hungry. In fact, there's thousands of people 
He didn't use the lunch of the disciples. He didn't use the lunch of anybody else. But there was a little boy in the crowd. Maybe he asked other people, but maybe only the little boy in the younger generation was willing to give up his lunch. He wasn't greedy, tried to hold it all like he could take it with him, but he let go of it and let Jesus have it. By the way, when you let Jesus have everything you have, he can bless it and multiply it and do stuff you could never do with it. So God's always used other generations when there were older people around and people more knowledgeable and people more skilled, people more qualified as though it seemed. God says, no, no, I've tried them people. They won't do it, so I'm going to go to the young people. And what I want you to hear today before I pray, I want you to know this, that God can still, I don't know why I did that right there, but God can still use every single person that will allow themselves to be used. God can choose you in your generation, but I believe for what he's going to do, this 30,000, it hit me this morning. This 30, somewhere inside of those two buildings over there, we're going to have that pray, love, lead uh, that we have in the foyer. We're going to have that somewhere because that's going to be their focus while God does what he does in their midst. And I'm, I'm telling you, church, God's going to do this, and this is my proof. Because the devil, and this is where people will get upset, you know, right here, but it is what it is. The devil has tried to destroy children forever. In fact, he even got it where Americans are willing to kill over 60 million of them before they are born. Anybody know what I'm referring to? Oh, yes, he's done a fantastic job of doing that and made that seem like a humanitarian. And now, now, here in the past uh, couple of days, now he wants to completely, uh, to, to not even make them have a have abortion, just go ahead and do something that, je- that thousands of Tens of thousands of mothers have already miscarried, and now he's, he's going to kill the children one way or another, but God has a generation that he's going to raise up, and he'll never let the devil or his very, very sly ways he's got going on in the world. And I'm on Facebook probably getting censored because they know what I'm talking about, but I don't care. Our equipment's already been jacked up, and I don't care. You can censor me vaccine, children, whatever you can censor me. I'm going to tell it because I know God has kept me alive since 1984 to open my mouth and tell you what you need to be watching out for. People mean business when they want to kill other people and they've got a 20-year-plus track record where they've done it and I don't care if you don't know about it or your favorite news anchor hadn't told you about it or your social platform won't allow it through it doesn't mean they didn't do it and they're making a mockery of people because they still don't believe even when they tell you they do it and the devil is seeking whom he may devour he's going to take out children he's going to take out families but God has a remnant he's got people that will do it and they don't care what the consequences are and that's this church that's this generation I, I went to youth last week, Opie, and they what? But 
eight children there, or they wouldn't be eighteen. I don't care what you saw. This is not a flesh thing God is doing. This is a faith thing that God is doing. We are people that we don't have to have explanations. And I could go into great detail with money about how we just started working over there on that campus with no money except for what the normal money is in this church that comes in on a monthly basis and we've got decades to prove what our track record has been. But you see, I believe when we listen to God and God says, I want you to do that over there, I'm telling you why you didn't sell the place when 12 different groups looked at it. I'm telling you, I saved it, I reserved it because I've got a better purpose for it. I've got a bigger purpose. And then when Reggie started unloading that place, Back in the early part of this year, you know what God started doing? God started supplying the need out of nowhere in unusual ways. And I know some of you about to die. Tell me about how much money, where it comes from. See, you are already on the wrong page. I've said it, and I didn't come up with it. But just as a free side note here, when you walk by faith, and it's something that requires financial resources or some kind of, some kind of resource, Money always follows ministry. You start the ministry, and whether it's feeding 5,000 people or painting a building or whatever, God will always send the resource because He made the whole earth and its fullness thereof, and He can meet His own needs, and we've got proof He's done that. We hadn't missed a beat. We're doing great. God's blessed us, and we never could have planned this out. If we had, we'd have been too scared. So God is going to do something with this generation, and we need to make sure that we are here, and we're alive, and we're a part of it, and we're praying about it. I want you to close your eyes. Father, I know that you are in control. I know that you are doing a work. You are doing great and mighty things that we know not of. I know, God, that you are high and lifted up and your train fills the temple. I know, Lord, that the enemy has worked on me all weekend. Even during this message, he's tried to discourage me, God, but I will not listen to no voice. The voice of truth tells me a different story. And Father, my eyes are set on you. My hope is set on you. I know what you've shown me. I've heard what you've told me. And I know even more what your word says, God. And so, Lord, I know that this is how we will lead this earth, reaching the young people, reaching the students, reaching the children, and telling them the stories of old. We are not going to withhold the praise, even if their parents don't do it, even if their grandparents are going to do it. We're going to do it, Lord. This church, we are dedicated to doing what you've told us to do so that they can see God, so that they can know God, so that you can do great and mighty things that they know not of, so they can tell their grandchildren if we're not in heaven. God, I tell you right now, Lord, we will do it all. The ones of us that are here, Lord, that believe you and your word, we give you our word in this prayer. We will not let the devil defeat us. We will not let him destroy what you put in place. We will be very vigilant, and we will make sure, God, that we pray and we saturate these children with what you're about to do. And God, everything you do, we're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.